Football's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. <laughs> you, you. <clears throat> What's up, guys? Uh, this is Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for uh, the 19th. What is it? Tuesday, the 19th of June, 2018. Fuck yeah. Um, oh, I don't know whether to be sad or excited on this pod. This, the last week has been surreal, insane. Um, I, um, I mean, I guess I've started happy, but I, now I don't know what I'm, oh, before I do anything, let me, um, let me talk about, uh, my gigs coming up on Saturday, the 23rd of June. If you're in Melbourne, I'm doing my preview show for 52 days, which is my new hour. I'm taking it to Edinburgh. I'm, I'm leaving Melbourne on the 28th of June for three months. So that's Saturday, the 23rd will be my last show, um, in Melbourne, where you can catch me if you want to catch me, it's uh, it's One A Hope Street in Brunswick. It's at the Mia Gallery. That's M E A, the Mia Gallery, One A Hope Street at four in the afternoon, Saturday the twenty third of June. Um, that's going to be my new show, which I've been writing fucking all week. I've had a few previews of just mates coming around in my um, in my lounge room. I had three mates on Sunday morning, three mates on Monday morning come around, did my show. Uh, if I haven't told you what the show's about, let me pitch it. Let me pitch it real quick here. I gotta practice this shit. It's uh, in 2012. In in the at the start of the year, I was in Bolivia. I was uh, writing for a paper over there. I was traveling around with this girl who I was in love with. It was great. And then by June of that year, I was back in Adelaide, unemployed, hating uni. The relationship was over. And the only money that I was making was I was cleaning my mate's house who was a drug dealer for $50 a week. Um, so that year, I uh, I kept a journal on a deck of playing cards, one card for every week. And I want to hand the cards out to the audience. You guys read what's on the card and I tell the story in whatever order they come out. Yes, that's the best I've ever done that pitch. Get in. <laughs> um, fuck yeah. All right. So... The last week, um, well, I guess I should start with on uh, on Tuesday night <clears throat> last week. Um, Melbourne comedian Eurydice Dixon was. I guess I should put a trigger warning on this. I fuck. I don't know, man. Melbourne comedian Eurydice Dixon was raped and murdered in um, in Princess Park, just near Brunswick, about a k from my house. Um, it's right in the middle of North Melbourne, like, you know, the inner north of Melbourne. It's where everything happens. It's where every, it's supposed to be the, the, the part of the city where everyone feels safe. It's like progressive and young people. It's near the university and, uh, she was walking home from a show. She was walking home from doing a show at the Highlander, um, at night she messaged her friend. She was doing everything right. She was like, okay, sure. Walking by herself, but like messaged her friend to say, hey, I'm nearly home safe, how are you, and um, people knew where she was, there was only a t- like a two-hour period from when she left until when her body was found, and it was that quick, you know, um, yeah, it fucking sucks, <clears throat> it's, this thing, this kind of thing happened like five years ago with Jill Ma, who was a, a lady who was killed just off Sydney Road in Brunswick, and it's, it's happening again, and um, the whole city has just been the even it was on the front page of national newspapers. Um, 
was it was just fucking the whole city's been going crazy about it and it fucking sucks um a bunch of rooms were cancelled on thursday and friday night um people not doing shows um people just fucking blown away by this <coughs> insane thing and last night on monday night we had uh the vigil for it where everyone it was kind of like reclaimed the night so um Everyone went back to Princess Park where it happened uh, with candles and we all stood in silence for 20 minutes and it was fucking... I didn't realise how big it was going to be until, like, I was at home and it was at 5.30. So oh, it was starting at 6. People were gathering from 5.30. So I was like, I'll just walk down at 5.30. And uh, Blake called me. He was already there with his mum and his sister and he called me at, like, 5.25 and I'm in the house and I'm... I didn't really like kind of conceptualize exactly what it was going to be. I was still in my house. So I was just like, I'm just going to go to this thing to honor this, this, um, this person who's had their life cut short. And Blake calls me or I, I called him and I was like, Hey man, where you at? And I put him on speakerphone and I put my phone down cause I was putting my shoes on. So I'm like, Hey dude, <coughs> yo, I'm just going to be at the, th- I'm about to leave now. <laughs> Blake's already there. So he's like, Hey man, yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, why are you yelling? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why am I yelling? I'm just going to... <laughs> like, like, I had no idea in my head of what I was about to go to. Like, I might as well have just been going, you know, to fucking meet up with some mates at the pub. Um, and then I walked out of the house, went down the first street after, after our street, that's still a side street, and already there were, like, families walking in the same direction. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a massive thing <clears throat> that a lot of people are going to go to. Um, and everyone was just kind of walking in. So I had music in, but then I like took my headphones out and everyone was just kind of walking in silence on the way there. I found uh, a mate. Uh, we stood on the edge of the park for a bit and then we went and grabbed candles and stood in the middle and... Uh, it was just really nice, man. I wonder, I don't know who really organizes those kind of things, but whoever it was, they did a fucking sick job. Um, I know it wasn't like any of her friends. It wasn't anyone in the comedy community or anything like that. Um, and by the sounds of it, oh, <coughs> huge props, by the way, to my friend Luca Muller, um, who's a comic as well, who put together a GoFundMe for Eurydice's family. Um who I don't know that much about her. I didn't know her that well. I met her a couple of times, so I don't really know that much about her or her situation. But um, for speaking to a few people I know that um, who like knew her well, they didn't have a lot of money. Um, so Luca just like on the day when it, everyone kind of realized what had happened on Wednesday, Luca just threw together a, a crowdfunder with the aim of raising $1,500. And it was like, by the end of the day, it was at like $20,000 and it's up to almost 70,000 now, uh, a week later, which is insane. Um, and I guess when Luca started that, it would have just been a thing of like, I'm just going to do this, hopefully raise a bit of money in the community, not thinking it would get shared that much, but everyone shared it. And uh, before long, like big famous comedians, Ann Edmonds, Celia Pacuola were dropping money into it. Uh, Susan Proven, the, uh, the director of the comedy festival, put money in there. Huge, um, huge fucking response. And I didn't like think about how hard that would have been for Luca until the end of the week when he, uh, 
like he, we were going to go out and we were going to watch some um, World Cup games and uh, he was like, oh man, I might just stay in with my, my girlfriend and my brother. And uh, then Blake was telling me that Luca had like received messages from people like thinking that he wasn't doing the right thing, thinking that he was like using this to make money for himself. Um, which I guess completely understand that people might think that because people are cynical, but it's just like, look at who the fucking dude is, man. He's a comic. He knew her. And uh, it's, it's such a fucking bummer that even out of a bad thing, someone's trying to do the right thing and more bad stuff happens, you know? And, um, he was talking about how he went to, we were talking last night about how he also went to his grandpa's funeral and, um, he was saying like his grandpa fought in the war um, and he thought that he was trying to fight for, like, a better thing, and then, you know, it's not, like, like, this kind of stuff still happens. I don't know. I don't know if I'm that, like, I feel like, uh, (laughs) what the fuck am I talking about? (laughs) I guess he was bummed, because he was like, it sucks that people died, they thought they were fighting for a great, a better society, but they, the society they fought for still sucks. But on the other hand, it's like the society they fought for is still one where people fucking raise money for the families of people who die or, or you know, people come together and and uh, have vigils in the park the week after and show their support. I actually had this crazy thought in the vigil. I don't know if this is fucked up. Most of the time I was standing there, all I could think of was like, <laughs> this isn't funny at all. All I could think was like, there are so many people together here right now, and there's no security. Um, there are just people in orange vests handing out candles. How easy would it be for something like a suicide bomber to come in and fucking just blow all those people up? <laughs> I it kind of made me think like this is a really cool show of solidarity right now, and there's that there is vulnerability. There's like there's strength in vulnerability, you know, because all those people coming together. I mean, maybe everyone didn't think that, maybe I'm fucked, but there is always the possibility of that kind of thing happening when you get large congregations of people together, and there was no security last night, and I mean, nor should there have been, it would have really put a dampener on the crowd to be like, you're here to celebrate the death of that, uh, the, the dead girl, yeah, have you got any knives on you, any guns, <laughs> doing your, walking through a metal detector to go to a fucking vigil, god damn it, um, so it's good that there wasn't, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I guess I just, <clears throat> with all of the things that ha- have happened in the last, like, 10 years with uh, with terrorist strikes and blah, 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 it's like, any time a large group of people gets together, surely that can't be too far from people's minds, you know? That's what I was thinking when we were standing there. I was trying to do, like, the meditation thing, focus on the breath, but every time I my thoughts wandered, it was to, like, I wonder if there's going to be an explosion soon. <laughs> which is so fucked <laughs> I know man it really fucking sucks um, I'm, what I've been angriest about is like I I really fucking love being alive I love it I love waking up every day and being able to just do cool shit with my life and stay busy and talk to the people who I care about um, and laugh and you know, all the excitement and, like, the possibility that comes with every day, and, um, it really makes me fucking angry that that girl doesn't get that anymore, you know? Because it's, like, it's a, a really special thing that we all get to be alive, and I'm fucking so thankful for that every day, and fuck, fuck you, that fucking cunt, 
for doing that to her and for taking that away from her, you fucking piece of shit. Rest in peace, Eurydice. Oh, well, that was nice, wasn't that? <laughs> um, I've been watching a lot of the World Cup. That's what I want to talk about next, after the sad thing. I've been, it's actually, it's been weird over the last week because this has happened. I haven't been able to be as excited about the World Cup. Like, I've been excited about it by myself, but everyone's kind of been mourning this awful thing that's happened for the last week. And, uh, you know, big, like, congregations of people getting excited about something have been, understandably, hard to come by. Um, but I'm, I'm fucking ready to get into it now. The World Cup, it's been great. I've watched most of the games. I've seen all of the highlights, and I've watched probably about five or six full games. And uh, England last night... Fought, I know I know a lot of you guys also didn't get into the World Cup podcast last week, and I feel like that was because Roland and I were just two people who know a lot about soccer talking about soccer, and everyone was like, I can't see an entry point to this. Make this your entry point. Pick a team other than Australia and follow them. Because Australia aren't doing shit. <laughs> I'm excited to go and watch Australia at pub on Thursday um, with a bunch of other Australian supporters. But I'm pretty sure we're going to... I'd be happy with a draw. We're not going through. We're not going through. I'll get excited on match day and I'll support us and I'll be like, fuck yeah, and I'll be angry when we lose. But me, pragmatic right now... We're not going through, man. So <laughs> get your ass together and pick a fucking second team. And I thought that my second team would be Belgium. But after seeing them play last night, seeing them put in a fucking tepid display against Panama, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, Belgium. They had so, they have so many good players. And I think it's just their coach is uh, Kevin De Bruyne, one of the best midf- best midfielders in the world. Attacking midfielders, amazing uh, range of passing, can put a ball through to fucking anyone, and they're playing him in like a almost like a holding midfield role, like back. And uh, it's clear that he doesn't want to be there. It sucks all the excitement out of their team, and watching them was like fucking watching paint dry. It was an absolute nightmare. It, oh, God. It was like watching someone sand down a door. And, but more frustrating because you're like, why are you sanding down this door when you could be playing football? <laughs> it was infuriating. I was like yelling at the TV and nothing was happening. I'm like, you go! Play! Fuck! Why are you walking? That was me last night <laughs> at midnight. They were walking on the ball. It was insane. They were walking back and they were just... It was like that episode of The Simpsons... When the football game, they have the game of football in Springfield, and uh, there's Kent Brockman is like commentating on the game, and he's like left, passes to center, passes to right, passes back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it. That was how I felt against like watching Belgium last night and there, but there was no Mexican commentator going left pass it to center pass to right pass back to center center holds it holds it holds it there was none of that it was just fucking drab bullshit so fuck uh, fuck Belgium I'm not going for them anymore they can crash out of the tournament I don't give a fuck I'm in for England I'm very excited for England they played uh, really well in the first half last night Harry Kane from the mighty Tottenham Hotspur scoring both goals uh, they really just snuck past at the end of the game against a really defensive Tunisia. But 
It was great, man. And uh, I can't wait to go to England and land there on the 29th of June. And hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, have them be in the knockout stages and fucking hang out with all my English mates and watch games with them. Because I think that's it. I don't even really care about their football team or the country winning, but I just am excited for all of my friends to be excited. And if they win a knockout game and I'm at a pub in England with my mates, they're going to fucking lose their mind. I was watching videos of it today on Twitter. I woke up and I watched the second half and um, of the game. I, I woke up in the morning and I, my fucking stupid phone put a push notification with the score, the final score of the game. And it's just like, why would you do that? I'm... Oh, if I want to know the score, I'll find the score. Don't fucking tell me the score of the game before I've... Like, I just woke up and looked at the screen. I didn't even have the chance to, like, avert my eyes. God, that was fucking annoying. So I knew the score was... I won't even tell you guys the final score, even though I've already told you England won. But um, I woke up and I saw that and I was just like, oh, well, I'll just watch the second half and kind of get in the mood of how it finished. Oh, and then, like... Three minutes before the end of the game, my fucking laptop froze for like 10 minutes and I'm just sitting there yelling. I was, I was started yelling again. I've been yelling a lot lately. Maybe that's a reflection on me more than a reflection on the events in my life. Um, I was yelling at my computer for a bit and then I got it back working and, and played the uh, last bit of the second half. And then after that, I, um, I went on Twitter and I searched hashtag it's coming home. Cause I don't know if you guys know, but there was a, there was a song, um, that come out like fucking almost 30 years ago now. Uh, I don't know what it was called, but it's like this England world cup song. And they're like, it's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. And they fucking love it. And, uh, seeing all the, like after the win, seeing all of the people tweeting, just going like, uh, oh, what was one? What's the difference between Madeline McCann and football? Football's coming home. <laughs> Which is this dog shit joke. But it's like, they're so excited. And I really love it. And I, for one, don't want them to lose. I, I'm not someone who's looking to be like, yeah, they're so excited and watch when they fucking lose. You know what? I want them to win. Fuck it. Fuck Brexit. Fuck all of that. I don't care. I want England to win the World Cup. That'd be so nice. And it would also mean that when I fly to whatever country is playing in the final, I wouldn't have to fly anywhere. I would just stay in London. And that would also be very convenient for me. (laughs) Maybe I just want England to win the World Cup because I don't want to have to spend 80 pounds on flights. Just out of convenience, you know? (laughs) But um, fuck, I'm so excited to get over there for that. How long are we done here? Done a little bit. Um, Alright, sick. I wanna, I've wanna. i only got one song this week. I think I've been a bit preoccupied this week. Um, but I was last night before I took my headphones out, walking to the vigil. A uh, song came on by Frankie Stew and Harvey Gunn, um, who are... I feel like... Uh, I don't know which one's which, but one of them's a rapper and one of them's a DJ. And uh, they're from London. They're great. And uh, I guess I want to... Sorry, I was really trying to push through that yawn there. I was like, fuck this, I can get... Fight it, fight it. It's. Have you ever f- pushed all the way through a yawn? It's impossible. I want to go ahead and say it's impossible. It feels just like a giant bubble forcing its way through your head and you're like trying to eat the bubble. That's right. Yeah, everyone, everyone thought about that before because that's exactly what it feels like. 
Mm-mm. Um, Frankie Stewart, Harvey Gunn. I want to recommend the song Fabric. Fuck, that's a great track. Um, and Fabric being a club in London. It's kind of almost like, if you know the song Blinded by Lights by The Streets, maybe I'll recommend that as well. If you haven't heard that, then you are fucking up, man. Um, Blinded by Lights by The Streets um, is a song about the where like the protagonist realizes he takes a bunch of pills in fabric which is the nightclub in london i don't know if i already said that 10 seconds ago uh <laughs> let me just repeat myself again um and he realizes that his girlfriend is cheating on him he sees his girlfriend and his best mate hooking up at the club but he's so high on pills he can't like process the information and he doesn't even think that it's real he's just like i'm sure i saw that i don't know oh fuck there's a tune coming in you know it's a great track and um Frankie Stewart and Harvey Gunn's Fabric is kind of like that in that um, it's more of like an ode to his ex-girlfriend and like that he misses her and stuff and he's just like, um, he's just going to Fabric to kind of take his mind off it. Very similar themes, you know, and also just kind of similar vibes. It's like lo-fi, um, like kind of rolling hip-hop. Um, what's that for? Like, uh, oh, like, like fucking... Like trip hop, or what's that? You know those kind of beats that you get. You know those beats that you get when they're beats and there's no music on them and like that. Um, it'd be like that kind of beat, you know, just like the kind of beat that you could listen to by itself that doesn't need the words over it, and the words just add a little bit of color. I think that's the kind of hip hop that I like, rather than the words being the main focus. <sighs> anyway, Frankie Stewart, and Harvey Gunn, Fabric, and the Streets. Blinded by the lights. Oh, I did. Um, I I actually did watch the Australian World Cup game at the weekend. I was doing a gig in Dalesford on Saturday uh, with old Ben Searle um, opening for me. I did uh, the Abisham flat up there, and oh, that was such a lovely gig, by the way. Fucking shout outs to the people at Dalesford. You guys fucking rock. Um, it looked like it was going to be a nightmare to start off with. It was in this like kind of pub slash dining place i don't know what it but there's like a lot of round tables people sitting at the back it didn't really look like anyone was there for the comedy but as soon as i went on and was like you guys know there's comedy everyone went yeah and it was like oh fuck yeah great did my whole show no problems lovely um and then <laughs> lovely and then on the way back the uh i really had wanted to get back to melbourne for the start of the australia france game but it just was not going to happen so uh we ended up watching it on Searle's phone on the dash uh in the car on the way home and it just, <laughs> it was just so fucking frustrating man because i'd really tried to be like oh dude let's do it and like I just didn't want to book shit on that night, you know? And it's like, that was... I want to fucking get together with a group of people and um, and and just, like, feel the fucking... Ah! The World Cup, you know? That's what I want from it. That's what those videos... Yeah, that's what I was talking about before. I was watching videos um, on Twitter of people just fucking going nuts, singing, losing their shit. When England scored that last goal, there were people, like, fucking smashing glasses on the floor. There was one video where I swear I heard a glass smash every second for, like, 20 seconds. And people were not bummed at all. That was so stoked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. But, um, yeah, that kick in Dales for Brazil, lovely. Also on Friday, uh, oh, cooked a bloody risotto. Um... The lovely Liv Hewson came over, um, who has been killing it, was just on Have You Been Paying Attention, 
Um, they're doing great, man. And uh, so they came over, and we. Uh, well, I, I like made a risotto. I'd like been out all day, whatever. Just made a risotto real slow for like two hours. Just um, me and Liv and Blake, and, uh, and then we sat down. Like as soon as I finished the risotto, the game started, and um, sat down there, had some risotto, had some fucking salad. I guess it's been a nice weekend is what I'm trying to say. I don't really know. I'm like, I'm trying to keep talking right now, but I'm running out of things to talk about. This whole thing with Eurydice has really ground the fucking, like my life for the last week to a halt. Even though I didn't know her that, that well. That's what's fucking crazy about it is like, I didn't know her that well. And to be honest, I don't feel especially sad. I feel sad that it happened, but I don't feel sad about, the person, because in in my mind, it's kind of just an abstract person, you know, but there are people around me that are really fucking cut up about it personally, and then um, also, obviously, the fact that it can happen in an area so central in Melbourne that everyone knows and, and walks through all the time, and like, Naomi, my old housemate, used to walk home from work through that, that fucking park every week, you know, um, it's been a really fucking crazy week, dude. And I'm excited for <clears throat> to move on from this kind of uh, community grieving thing and uh, and get back to life. I don't know. Is that selfish? You can't grieve forever, you know? Um, and people move on. And like, uh, I don't know. My heart goes out to her fucking family <sighs> because they don't get to move on like that. And her friends, they've lost someone that they cared about. Um, but for me, I'm excited to get back in and watching World Cup, doing comedy, and uh, doing my trial show next Saturday. I think that's it, man. I think that's it for me. I don't know how long I've done here. How long was that? 25.57, 26 minutes. Shortest one in a while. Not going to make it to 30. But uh, thank you guys for listening very much. Um, and hopefully I'll see you on Saturday if you're in Melbourne. Or if not, I'll catch you next week. I've been Aiden Taco Jones. You've been listening to Sitting Under a Tree. Peace.